you know, let's talk about the the quote from Mary Oliver that seems to be like the fertile ground that this seed grew out of, you know, and it was, uh, what is your plan to do with your one wild and precious life? And what I love about that so much is it gets you kind of thinking about being purposeful, you know, and so many of us, like what we're doing is the culmination of like what's been thrown at us, what we rolled with the punches with, like, you know, so a lot of us never stop and get purposeful about, Hey, what am I going to use this, this time that I've got on this, on this earth or this time in my life? And what do, what do I want it to be about? So it sounds like you all, you all heard those words. They resonated with you and it led on like a, a pretty deep question that you asked yourself. So where, where were you, where were you at? Like when, in your life, when you, when you kind of had this moment? Well, I would say that uh, my husband read a lot of Mary Oliver and kind of shared that quote with me and I've read her since. And, but this one thing was we decided that, I don't know, maybe because we're, I'm 44 now, mm -hmm. I would say this probably came into our lives probably about four or five years ago. And we okay. just kind of, I think you raise your kids and you focus on kind of getting them raised and through and you just kind of look at yourself and think, what is it we're doing? Are we enjoying this life? And we just decided that we really wanted to feel life, the good, the bad, just really to know that we're kind of alive and not just kind of sitting in a place that gets a, even a steady paycheck and not really feeling it, waiting for Christmas break because we were teachers, waiting for three o'clock, just kind of living that kind of life. We just decided that we wanted to kind of to feel all of life, good, bad. Which makes sense. Like I, I'm in the, the kid having stage of my life. And so I can completely get like how, like I've only been a parent for six years, but I can barely remember who I was before that. And so much of, of the decision-making process during this time is, is, is utility based. It's like, I got to get through tomorrow. You know, I got, yeah. I got a 10 month old at home. So it's like, it's like, no, you I, know, when, when he cries at three, <laughs> like I'm just rolling with the punches. We sometimes. were super young. We got married young. We had kids young. Our focus was that. That's what our focus was for those years. You know, our oldest is 21 now. And then we have one that'll be 20 next month, a 17 year old. And it just felt like, you know, if we're not going to do this now, you know, they're self. Yeah. When are we going to do this? We have to do this. And that, that quote, that poem was kind of the catalyst to kind of change what it was we were doing. Because you're going, this is our moment. And if we don't seize it, is this going to be the moment we're looking back on in 10 years from now and saying, you know, ah, that's my regret. And, I never yeah, tried. and we don't we don't regret the having kids. Yeah, like no. I, we enjoyed those years immensely. But at the same time, it was like, what are we going to do now? And we have this whole ability to live this life and kind of craft it and create what the life that we want. And you know there's ups and downs, but you know, based on where you're at then like, what would you say to that person who like, they've got this feeling, we don't know what the change needs to be. And we don't know what the pivot is. We, but we know where we're at right now. This is, we wouldn't be happy doing this for another 10. I, I think a lot of people are in that spot right now, especially like, I think COVID has really brought that out of people because oh. You've, you've reconnected to your family. You've spent a lot of time like at home. You spent a lot of time uh, really away from an office. And, and it starts to pose this like question like, hey, what if this was normal life? And, you know, and like, so, so that person that's thinking through that, but they're going, ah, I don't know if I can turn my whole life on its head. I mean, like this is, 
it's a it's a big it's a big moment and and I know that when you all got to this moment you felt like worst case scenario I just go back to where I already have yeah right and I I think there's something to be said you know like to to pay the bills to yeah. eat like the, there's a lot to be said for that and for being a, res- a responsible person and doing those things and providing for your family you know not saying that everybody like should to take just... a plunge you know, just and it be and it be this <laughs> huge risk yeah right well, uh, yeah. it sounds like for you all it was a lot more calculated than that yeah yeah it was i mean there was a steady there was evidence to us before we started the standalone shop that we were having some success in the business because we started so small the ladder of blankets doing markets with a friend and then yeah. doing markets by herself and then having a space in another shop you know there were even though it might it seem like only, yes, there was some evidence that it was going to be successful. It well, wasn't just a jump. And, and that's, and that's a good thing to highlight because this wasn't like this leap of faith. You, I mean, at some point it, it feels it like is, a leap, right? but, but you know, I think what people need to know is when you all got this inkling, your first move wasn't for both people to quit their job right? And, yes, and, go, and go into this full time. No, the, the first move was to realize that something needs to change. And now I want to start investigating what that might be. And that yeah. investigated manifested itself into the, into the making of the blankets. Like you didn't know that June Taylor would even be this. No. And it wasn't that. It wasn't that. Yes. And, and it came out of a lot of anxiety on my part, very hard for me. And so the blankets were a sense of gave me peace and just gave me something to do with my hands. So it's like I a creative say, outlet is yes, where it started. Right. It was just, so you know, really, really, then, your first your first segue into something's got to change wasn't I need to open a business. It was no. you know I'm going to just develop this hobby. Really, that's kind yes, of what it started I need, as. I a need hobby. something that I need an outlet. A, yes, a creative outlet, and that's all it was. And then you know I'm making so many blankets because you want to do something. I got to do something with the blankets, so I took them and, and set them up and sold some. You know, and then you know, it just kind of when you snowballed s- and rolled. When you sold, when when you were selling them, you know. That was like a validation point. Yeah, it, because you know? it's Florida. We don't need blankets. And I, you know, setting up at a market in June and mm-hmm. selling a wool blanket, you know, it's just a bizarre because it's Florida. But, <laughs> but you're, you're, going, you're going intuitively. <laughs> I never expected it to it to really like get the traction it did. You, no. It almost sounded like it kind of surprised you. Oh, absolutely. This whole thing. Is- <laughs> but, it, you know, but, but a fun adventure surprise, you know, and so it's like. Yeah. So, so you're, you're, you're selling them at, at different markets and you're getting feedback from people that are buying. I'm sure you're talking to them as they buy the, as they buy your goods and they're telling you what they like about it. Cause they wouldn't be buying it if they didn't like it. So that's got to start to build your confidence that like, you know, I can do this. Like I, I can, I can not only do this, but I can make something that other people really value and want to buy. Was, was that the first time in your life that you had made products that then sold like that? Yes. It was the first Kind of putting myself out there. Had yeah, never, no, I no idea. Yeah, I didn't even know that this was in our future at all. Yeah. So, so what happened? Something obviously happened between you all um, selling the blankets at the market and you moving to a brick and mortar. Okay. So yeah, a lot. So of, let's kind of fill in the time gap there. Yeah. How so progressed. Started with having the blankets, and then so have blankets and you need maybe some display pieces. So I started going to flea markets and I had all this fabric and I would find like little, cause I didn't have a lot of money. I was only using the money that the blankets sold. So, so when they so, sold those, I was putting that. Yes. It was always been paid for itself. It's always, I haven't had any loans. That's a neat little 
tip, tip though, yeah. because now I know that it forces you to grow it slower that way, but it also forces you to grow it more conservatively. Sometimes people think that something's going to be the thing that isn't. I'm sure you've had products that you're like, this is going to sell in two seconds. And that's the one that's still on the wall. Right. And oh, absolutely. Stuff where you're like, no one's going to like this. And that's the first thing to move. It doesn't even make it into right. the showroom. Yeah. So we started with the blankets and from blankets, I would do some found objects and frame them mm -hmm. with the material left over from the blankets. I would put in old frames. I would sew these old relic type pieces and then sell the art and the art would sell. And then it went from that to just things like that I didn't have to make, which is a definitely a better profit margin. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> because cause, cause you're like, it's faster. I don't have any time in it. And so I guess there's a talent to going out and finding things, which I didn't know was a talent that you could have. <laughs> probably because for you, you're selecting what speaks to you. Um, and, and what would be surprising is this is obviously what speaks to you speaks to a lot of other people. <laughs> yeah. And what speaks to me at a flea market doesn't speak to a lot. Like my husband can go out there and not see anything of value. And so funny to be able to go out there and sort sift through everything that's out there and find the things that do have value or that people will like. And, and so, and so uh, you're going, you know, really what the magic here is, is what you see that can be not necessarily what is. And that seems yeah. to be the... The, the real difference in what you've built and and what a lot of else is what's out there, not not to knock at what else is out there for, for other people because everybody's got their strengths. But it seems like where June Taylor really stands on its own is you're 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 build, basically building a collection. OK, and um, but but these aren't original pieces. These are reimagined pieces. You know, so usually when someone's building a collection, they're imagining this thing from the ground up, from the fabrics to the color you, yes. you're you're working with a base out there so you're waiting for inspiration to hit you when you see that base and then the back in your mind that creativity bone kicks in and you're going okay I see what's there but yeah. I also see what could be and this really fits in with what's what I feel like is yeah, on trend kind of right putting now. a puzzle constantly putting a puzzle together in my head you know constantly yeah. working through what I need what it's always going in my mind that makes sense and so and so like while it started out as your staple product was blankets and you were really making these other pieces as supportive to the blankets because you're going, well, I want to display it prettier on yeah, the table. Right. I want to have some things that complement the blanket so they might buy this and this. See, through that process, you found out that you had a knack for the supporting items. In fact, yeah. those have overtaken Yeah, I don't even make line. blankets anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they take too much time. It's I was not like charging enough. Books. Yeah, I was not charging enough. <laughs> you, so, so you... You, did you essentially find out that you had good taste in that just because those were the items that started moving from at the market? Like you, you, saw, you yes. saw those were selling in tandem with the blankets. and so Yes. You yeah. Okay. It was just, yeah. And the blankets did, I did them by hand. I didn't use, I didn't use a machine because I, I started through anxiety. The machine and the noise wasn't. Didn't that, help with the anxiety. No, right. It just, yeah, felt more stressful. So I did everything by hand and it just, the amount of time they took was just out of this yeah, world. Yeah, right. Going, I, I can't, I yes. can't do enough blankets to make a difference, but right. I can make a lot of this other stuff. Yes. And yes, I can go and I can create, which I didn't know that I could do, but create a space. To do this. So, so, yes. so walk me into that. So you're at the markets, this is taken off. Um, you're, you're finding that you're selling each time you go, like you're not coming up empty handed. Cause that's gotta be what builds your confidence. To One say, time I, I did not sell anything in a market. <laughs> 
but so <laughs> one time, people know. <laughs> but one time out of all of those no, times. No, no, usually, yeah. very typically, I did very well at market. Well, well, and like for the people listening, this is her making these small bets. Like she didn't start out with the, with the, with the retail space. She built her confidence that the product offering she had, the price point she had, that there was a customer base there for those things. Okay. And when you felt confident there, it didn't make. I mean, I'm sure it still felt like a leap when you went into the into the brick and mortar space, but it didn't feel like as much of a leap as if you'd done that as your first right. move yeah. and you had that epiphany. And that, that's kind of what back like when. it was. Yes, it was not just let's quit our jobs and start this. We had some evidence. We had some thing to look back on and think. You know, so far it's been successful. We can't guarantee success or no. income, but we do have something that has shown us that it's been successful in the past. So it wasn't like this blind, total blind leap, although it was still very hard to kind of quit something that's secure and you know, it's coming every month. Oh yeah. And you've got the but, benefits and, and you, you like, yeah. it's, it's like, it's, it's a different, it's a different yeah, thing. But with, there was some evidence, you know, there, from years of doing it. That, it that kind of helped you build up to that. Yes. To that point. Right. Yeah. Okay. It, it made it almost feel like we need to quit doing the markets and the, other, this would be other, easier to bring them to us instead of us yes, packing up. And, so we either need to stop doing it all together or we need to do our own thing. It, it felt like a crossroads. Like, are we going to just, there's too much to do. Teach, do mark, you know, do all this, or we need to go into this full time. Well, so and, that was kind of, it was like a crossroads more than it was like this giant leap. Because you're going, listen, make if, a choice. If, I, if I've got a choice between keeping it the way it is and doing the markets or, yeah, or, or it going out, I'd rather it go out. So if it's going to go out, let's, 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 yes. do the, let's do the store. If it's successful, we'll keep right. going. Yes. If it's not successful, then we got our answer and we'll pivot off. And because yeah, we're playing with, with money that's being generated from this entity, like, no, you don't want to take it down to zero if you didn't have to. But at the end of the day, you're going. We did. Yeah. When we opened the shop, we took it down to zero. But was that scary? Yes, it's very, yeah. We actually bounced a check before we opened. Like, oh my gosh. And so there was nothing, but that's, but, but, that's, but you know, so that <laughs> was the moment. That was a moment. It was, it was a scary moment. Yeah. So Did the moment last forever though. Matt last probably a couple months till you started bringing Well, in. you know, we opened in June mm -hmm. of that year, 2019 and it was really good. But then the, and COVID. retail July, well, July and retail. So we, June, July, nothing. But then we had a great, you know, fall. We had a really good, so the end of February, beginning of March, we had our best Saturday ever. Mm -hmm. And the next week we were shut down. Yeah. I mean, it was like, we went from the best that we had ever done. Like, okay, we've, we've not made it, but, 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 you're, but you're seeing the effects yes. of, of them coming to your shop versus what you were experiencing at the market. Um, and you're going, man, this is definitely the way that we are able yeah, to move yeah. a lot and then, more merchandise then, than we ever could yeah. at the market. And then you, then you're deemed non-essential <laughs> and <laughs> so, you're not. So non-essential, because I think that this is another really good piece of your story. You know, when, when you got, I mean, y'all essentially got punched in the face, like you, everything's going good, yeah. you know, and then nothing that you did wrong in, in, in active nature is, so to speak, you know, completely changes everything you believe to be true just yesterday. You know, you're going, yeah. you're going now, I'm not so sure that this thing can make it like this. Okay. And what, what, what I thought was very interesting is your answer there was okay, one of us is going to have to go back to teaching, okay? Because we want to support this, but we're calculating out and we don't, we don't know where, what the certainty is. And so we're going, to, we're going to go into protection mode, okay? And, and so like the people who are listening to this, you know, there's always going to be something that pops up that could punch you in the face like that. Like, you know, just because it was 
it was COVID this last 18 months. I mean, I remember going through uh, the nine 11 time yeah. like for my business like that, that was, uh, there was a lot of uncertainty there. Like, you know, every, every 10 or so years, there seems to be like a huge natural disaster. Maybe it's a storm, a bad series of storms that come through. Like there's going to be something, what you've got to do as an entrepreneur is really what they did. Get realistic about what your options are right now in this moment and make hard choices. The people that you see, um, that maybe that, that and not everybody who didn't make it through this time, you know, didn't do everything in their, in their power, right. but, but they're, but I, I, I do work with some people that, you know, they were just hopeful that, you know, this would only be a month or only be two yeah. months. And, and, you know, I think if you had done that and you'd made, and you just kind of tried to hold on for one more month, one more month, you, you might've seen this end up very different for you than, than it has, but you got conservative and it seems like you got conservative early on when, when you, when you knew that retail was going to change for, for a little while. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Even in fact, my husband went and got a job in the produce section at Publix. Yeah, you, like it, we need some kind of income. You can't just go to nothing. Yeah. Just sit here with your fingers crossed, well, you know? The, so the, those are, those are the pieces of the journey that a lot of people don't know that's going on behind the scenes. They just see June Taylor in the store yeah. and, and, and it, now it's still there. It was there before COVID. How did they make it work? There's a lot of restaurant owners that are going through this right now. I know. I do feel, I mean, I, I look from here and I think back and I so thankful. I mean, I think we're in a fortunate business because everybody was home. So they're looking around their homes. They're wanting to maybe change things because mm -hmm. they're home for so much. And, and they so can't they, go out. So they, you're not getting things shipped. You can't get things for months and months and months. And so they can come to us and they can get the things for their homes. And that way we were fortunate yeah, because were like, of the circumstances to... were, you know, in some ways benefited us. You know, in a lot of ways they didn't, but. But there was uh, a silver, there was a silver lining yes. to it. And you're going, you know, in, in any situation like that, when you get it thrown a curveball, you can try to find a way to, to help, to try to use the, 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 the new patterns that are going to emerge in the market to, to be able to, to, to leverage it. I mean, and so in your case, had you all done a lot of online sales prior to that? No. And we set up, we had some friends help us um, set up an online shop, a website shop. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, once we got shut down, we couldn't have the shop open. It seemed like an indefinite amount of time. I think it was six to eight weeks. I don't think yeah. we opened right back up as even as soon as we yeah, could. We had we just two months of like, where yes. we, no one knew anything. Right. And, and, and so we pivoted. We started getting things online. We started delivering, running all over Lakeland. We were running all over Central Florida looking for things because that had to change because the places we used to get things were closed. And, you know, everything. I mean, we worked really, really hard. Well, I and didn't even think about barely, that. Barely, the way you all were treasure hunting changed completely. Yes, everything. Yeah, everything changed. But we still wanted it to be there and not to just let it go. So we we put things online. We and we still have the online website. But we're not. We haven't been selling like that. Well, but I, I, you know, what I actually think is neat about the online is even if those products aren't available, it would give someone like an idea, a yes. curated mix they can expect. Maybe you know, with Bill back, we'll be able to, because then for the last year when he was teaching, it was just me doing it. And so. Yeah. Just, you can only do so survived. much. As, as, yeah. yeah. We yeah. survived. <laughs> my, my business, my business went through this, a very similar deal. You know, we, we, uh, we went from about 40 employees to four employees at our lowest. We're, we're back up into like the, the high twenties, thirties, but like there was a lot of downshifting that, that happened yeah, during that, you know, but, but one of the, one of the beautiful things I'm, I'm a big silver lining fan. So I'm like, one of the beautiful things is if you made it through this period of time, ought to strengthen your resolve. <laughs> like, oh, absolutely. like you gotta be feeling like yeah. what, what can come on the horizon that I can't handle. 
Yeah, because we went, we were, before COVID, we were open five days a week. After COVID, we started out only being open two days a week. At some point, hired somebody added a third day. But, it, you know, I was doing it by myself. It was all I could handle mm-hmm. to find things. And I do want to be in the shop and meet the people that come in. I want to be the one that's there. And change, everything changed. changed. Well, but, you know, you were open to the change. And I think that, that that's something that, that the people listening can can kind of learn from is that if you if you make yourself open to the change, um, it may not be the way that you thought. Like you didn't, you really don't drive as much happiness selling them online. Because I, I read from you that like what you yeah. like is the interaction with the customer. Right. You wanna, yeah. You want to get to know them, like know where this piece is going to live yeah, at. The story. Absolutely. You know, like there's 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 a lot of the of the stuff you're looking for through this venture that happens at the moment of the transaction. Yeah, and I I do. I want to be the be there. I want people to experience June Taylor too in a way that you can't maybe experience online. Well, and also meet the artist behind it all, which, <laughs> well. which, you know, in a, in a, in a way, like when you're, when you're buying, when you're buying someone else's work, you know, part of the fun, I think for the person shopping, part of the uniqueness is getting to meet them and their story. And like the, the piece is all that more memorable because now you've got a story behind it. And I think that, that in, in the age of the internet and the way that we all shop now, that's that experience piece is something that we're missing. Like we don't connect to brands in the same way that we once did. They're actually a lot more commoditized, you know? I mean, like the, at the end of the day, you know, it's a very different experience going to June Taylor or Kirkland's, even though you can, you can buy similar goods, right, it, yeah. but they're not similar uh, yes, at all. Yes. Yes. You know? And, and so, and so there's a lot of Kirkland's of the world that are originating and out there and online yes. and it'll yeah. continue to commoditize. But what I think is important for creatives to hear, because there is this huge commoditization of creative, like, you know, you, you look at graphic design, you look, you look at pretty much anything that has a creative flair to it. They are trying to systemize it and process it and try to get it done for cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and, and turn it into a commoditized widget. And, and, you know, if that, if that applied for painting, you, you, you would lose access to all your great artists like because they, they wouldn't be able to survive. Right. Yeah. No, it, art is a hard, hard. It's a hard one to put yeah. value on because right. the value is based on what you're willing to sell it for and what someone else is willing to buy it for. And when you can make an original and then duplicate it a thousand times, you now then become willing to sell the, the yeah, duplicate. Yeah, that's a hard balance. It's, it's a hard, hard to balance. Fi- it's hard to figure out how to. How to, how to finesse Yeah, that's that. why we were only open two days a week. Because we were, because it takes so long to find the things and to not just, not just do put, that. Yeah. To buy a thousand of the same thing. Which that makes sense. Cause you're, you're going, you know, if you were open more often, you'd have a lot more pressure on you to produce new items all the time. Right. And from that pressure may not come the curated mix that you have. Like you almost can't force that. Like you can't go out and then demand you come home with 10 pieces today because you yeah. may not find right. it. Right. Yeah, it's absolutely true. Does that happen? We're like part of your process, out. does that happen a lot where you go out and you're like, yeah, I just didn't, nothing really hit Oh yeah, today. absolutely. And I've decided that I can't force buying. I'm not a planner, mm-hmm. which I not like about myself in a now way. You, well, and I feel like, oh, I found the perfect business because I can't plan what we're going to find. Like, it's just not something you can plan. You have to accept what you find. You have to make do with what you find. And um, every week is different. I, and I'm okay with what comes to me like that. And that's good. And so I'm in the right business. I mean, there's, there is planning involved, but you've got to go out there and get lucky. And yes, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. So you're prepared, you know, in your gut, what you're kind of looking for. You got an idea of the, the holes you want to fill in your product lineup. At the end of the day, you can't, you can't force the opportunity to be there when you go out there. 
Right. You know, yes. and, and, yes. and that, that rule would, would, would sink for a lot of us, whether it's, you know, you're, you're trying to sell uh, something in your business. You're trying to, you like a lot of the time you do have to get lucky. And now success isn't, isn't like, I call it organized luck. Okay. And, and what, what it is, is if you can figure out what you need to get lucky at, okay, which you, you need to get lucky at finding that right treasure. So how can you lever that up and down? Well, you can treasure hunt more often. Okay. So the right. more, more often you treasure hunt, the more often you're putting yourself into that, into that position. Okay. So the more, the luckier you're going to get. Right. Yes. Um, so, so that, that same principle basically applies to, to anything that you're, that you're working on, which is once you figure out what the levers are to, to move and what you need to get lucky at, you can start to organize that luck so that you, you grow your business more. Yeah, I just try to work every day. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what's going to happen or what's going to come, but you know, so now looking back on like what you've been through over these last 4 or 5 years and you know, I'm sure that your life feels very different than it did yeah. even 5 years ago and in the way it sounds each year is like a new adventure and a new change that's kind of coming across your plate. Any regrets in not doing it sooner? Would you would you have no. done it sooner? Could you have done it sooner or was that the perfect moment in time? I don't I don't know. I try not to have regrets. Think I don't think I would have been the person I am. Had you not gone through what you went right. through? Right. Yeah. I just, I feel like now is the right time. I mean, do I wish I was 23 maybe and had longer to do this? I don't know. But maybe you wouldn't have been successful at right. it. And, and so what you really felt like is, is through this, maybe the lesson to learn is be, be self-aware of where you're at in your life and what season you're in. Um, and so like you might've had that feeling that something needed to change, but then identified that you're still not in the right season. Maybe, maybe the kids were still too young or maybe, maybe something else wasn't right. Yeah. Um, and so you, you happen to identify this in a time yeah, and I where didn't have a vision. I didn't have a vision for this before. Like I didn't know that it was coming, caught me off guard. I didn't, this wasn't always the plan to get here and have the kids grown. And then we're going to do this, you know, that just never. Well, maybe what, do you, what do you think prepared you to be open to that? You know, what, what, what do you think prepared you to, to be able to respond to it? It just really feels right feels like I was made to do. And so it just took me a long time to figure it out. <laughs> I'm a slow learner. I don't know. Well, or, or maybe, maybe the last X number of years have been preparing you to do it. So, right. Oh, I, I know that, I know that we're getting close on our time, but you know, I think as, as we start to, to wrap it up, like, you know, one of the things I wanted to highlight is that you, you may not have, have, have been able to identify you know, what made that moment in time, the perfect time, you know, for you. And I don't, and I don't think that a lot of us know when that perfect time is like, you know, it in retrospect, when you look back. Yeah. Well, I feel like my, like my kids know themselves better than I knew myself at that age. I don't know why. I wonder if that generation is more self-aware. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what. Well, well, and I, I don't, I, and and don't, don't, don't misunderstand me. I don't think that it's taking long. I think that there's a lot of people that wake up at 60 and feel that feeling um, and then, and then have a feeling like, oh, I can't do that now. It, you know, I'm, I'm too late in life. Yeah, and and, and I think, make the argument to them, like, Hey, we're living a lot longer. Like 60 is not 60 anymore. Like it's right. You know, like you don't have to be 20 years old to have a startup. And I think that, that it, that's, yeah. that's kind of important to learn too. When your kids grow up, you have to relearn life in a way. Like your whole focus was not your whole focus. I mean, we still spend, work, there's like a 10 year but, gap in there where you, where you're, but you're they kind of grow up and they leave. I mean, that's what they, you want them to do. And but, then, but then you're, who, a hole. yeah, yeah. And there's this hole and it's been a, we, it's been a hard 
last few years, you know, letting them go and very self-sufficient. So they're really kind of gone and going from being the person they need the most. To, yes. To it's just, it's hard. Really, they, and like so to talk to, but you're like, you just, you don't need me in the same way. Yeah, you did. So I think life is stages, you know, you have your childhood and growing up. I mean, the way we did it, then we had, we went almost right into parenthood. And so mm-hmm. then you have that 20 years, you had your first 20, this 20 years. And now, you know, I feel like we have this next 20 years to kind of do this business. I mean, if you know it lasts that long, that like that means the adventure's never over. Right. And then, yeah. So I just feel like this is a series of stages in life and that it just kind of, you just take each one, you enjoy it and you live it and. And be open to the next season. Right. Now, what a wild idea. Cause you're over here going, well, I'm, I'm 40 something and I've got a startup, but maybe, maybe when you're. 60 something is when this next idea hits you that you haven't even, you don't even yeah, know about. I feel, right. You know? Yes. I just feel like there's just so much to enjoy in life and each stage, there's so much to enjoy and to just kind of not just sit somewhere and enjoy it, what, enjoy what's coming. Then, then what I would say is like a, a, probably a good way to, to, to wrap, to wrap this up and like a good takeaway is a life worth living is one that has adventure and adventure yeah. is the unknown. So you got to, be open to the unknown, be aware of what season you're in, because at the end of the day, an adventure that's not towards happiness is an adventure you necessarily want to go on. So if you, if you do it in the wrong season, it may not lead you to happiness, but if you know, if you know, if you're open to, to change and you're looking for the next adventure and you don't throw up barriers of what I can do and what I can't do and you know, what I've always done. Okay. And, and you, and you more think about what I want to do that I have one wild and precious life to live and I want to live it to its fullest. You know, that that might be the guiding star for many of you to follow um, and, and for something you to lean into when intuitively you want to lean back from it. My husband and I decided that we just wanted to feel life to live it, you know, not to be numb, kind of going through it. Sometimes it's not comfortable. Sometimes there's some bad times or some hard days and you just kind of, you feel, I mean, this whole business came from a really hard time in my life. So if I had not had that time, would I be here? I don't think so. No. And so you just, it's okay to have some of those really hard times. You just kind of persevere for, through them. And then you have these really great times too, because kind of doing this on your own and you, you don't know what's going to come and it's just kind of exciting. So it's like, there's this balance and it, that's what life is. It's hard and it's good. And you just have to kind of embrace that. Well, and you, and you had the courage to go after it. You know, it, what I think was, was really interesting to highlight about what you just said is I think that all of those things, the good and the bad, they existed with the previous season. There was good and bad during, during the kid having years and during the school oh, absolutely. year. Like, like yeah. you, had, you had, you had times where you came home, I'm sure, and were frustrated. And you had times where you came home, were elated. And, you know, like I, I would say that probably what stops a lot of people is, is, is the fear of change and unknown. Um, and, and, and if you're afraid of change and unknown, then you're really closed off to the next adventure that's going to present itself. And, you know, we were talking about, you know, luck is when opportunity may, or when preparation meets opportunity. And a lot of us are going through life, preparing ourselves. Like you were, pre- you were preparing yourself for this 10 years ago, 20 yeah, years ago, you yeah. may not have known it, but right. everything, like you said, everything that you are is the culmination of where you've been and who you, who you've come to contact yeah. with and everything you've learned. So you've been preparing for this moment your whole life. And if you, if you didn't have the courage to seize it, you, you may never have 
found like this season and the happiness that's coming along with this season. Like you would still be in a season, but it yeah. wouldn't be this one. Right. No, that's true. I mean, I feel like it took the same amount of courage to not do it. Yes. Like that you don't, is you a don't, great point. It's, you know, cause it does, it takes yeah. the same amount of courage to not do it as it does right. to do it. Yeah. Because you, we're not guaranteed anything. And no. so, and so, and so when you look at it like that, you're left with, well, why not? Right. Yeah. Just do it. Just try. Well, I think that that's a great point to end on then. So Kelly, thank you so much for oh, giving us a given of your time and, and your journey here. And, you know, um, if you're listening, go by, check out June Taylor. Okay. You know, really, really try to try to like find something in there and yeah, talk I'd love to meet you and talk to <laughs> Kelly. Okay. We, you just heard like one of her favorite pieces is getting to meet the people that her, that her artworks in Golem with. So, you know, make sure you, you check her out. Um, she, she is online. She's on social. Um, but, but more importantly, she's here, brick and mortar in Lakeland. Um, stop by, have a conversation and buy something. Oh yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs>